Good morning again, everybody. I see some new faces that I don't recognize. My name is DJ Martin, the church pastor here at Park Ford. If you're visiting, welcome. It's great to have you with us. Um, you're visiting on uh, what's an unusual. It's always hard to know what to do around the weeks of Christmas because people are traveling and that kind of thing. So we're we're wrapping up our Advent series um, this week, and then next Sunday is going to be Vision and Worship Sunday, which I'm really excited about. So we'll have. Um, I'll be casting a little bit of vision for the coming year, and we'll be uh, spending lots of time in singing and worship next week. We'll take communion. And then the following week, which I believe is the 13th, is when we'll resume uh, our journey through Acts. And I'm very excited about that because the, it, there's a definite shift away from the Jerusalem church, um, which is focused on Peter's ministry and a shift to Paul's ministry. And um, it is the continuation of learning how to grow in discernment and listening to the Spirit. But there's going to be all these different angles that we can look at it through as we see the gospel go out uh, to the Gentiles in new places for the first time. But this morning we're wrapping up our Advent series, which has been Remember. Um, the, the series title has been Remember, and that comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, where uh, the Lord commands his people not to forget um, all the things he's done. So each week of Advent, we've um, looked at different aspects of remembering. The first week, we uh, looked at remembering salvation, that daily we are called to remember our salvation. We're, rem- we're to remember that God transferred us out of the domain of darkness and into the kingdom of his Son. That should be a daily uh, thing that we are, as the people of God, are thinking about. And as you go into your place of employment, or you're at home, or you go to work wh- wherever you're at, at school, that that is is on the mind of the transformed life. The, the person who's experienced the, the forgiveness of Jesus, that should be on the tip of our tongue, on the, on the very front of our, of our thoughts at all times, remembering that the Lord has saved us. Then we looked at remembering mom and dad, and that came from uh, the Ten Commandments where it says, honor your mother and father. And if you remember that word honor um, in Hebrew, it means heavy. And so, in other words, we're to treat the relationship with spiritual authority, including our physical parents, but not just our physical parents, with, uh, with all spiritual authority. We're to consider that, that it's a weighty thing. It's a heavy thing. We're not to be flippant or fickle with it. Um, and then uh, Josh Hosetter uh, taught on remembering struggles. And that, uh, if you didn't get a chance, if you weren't here for that, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that. Um, it was a really good teaching about the importance of being honest about the things that we struggle with. Um, the Lord doesn't call us to sweep those things under the rug and pretend like they didn't happen. In fact, quite the opposite. We're to be vulnerable and open and honest about the ways that we failed and struggled. And um, often, when we do that, we find greater healing within ourselves, and it also offers healing to other people. The church I used to serve at um, in Lebanon, Cornerstone Christian Fellowship, one of our sister churches, um, for a long time, they're, they're in an old theater, and they've got a huge marquee um, on the front of their building, and, uh, and on the front of the marquee, they put the words, um, I forget the exact words, but it was something like, we, we confess that we as the church have, have failed. And it was just this general statement of, we, we as the church have, have failed. And so they were remembering their struggles. Well, one of the, one of the pastors was at a local soccer game. And, um, and he was sitting next to a man he'd never met before, and they were talking, and, and they, uh, they began to talk about what they do. And so when it came up that this, that this man was a pastor at Cornerstone, the man said to him, 
I think it is so cool that, that every time I drive past that, that that church is honest about the fact that they've let people down. Because I grew up in a church that really hurt me. And I stay away from churches because they're self-righteous and hypocritical and that kind of thing. And, and so when we are not honest about the things that we struggle with and we don't confess the things we struggle with, what we end up with is self-righteousness and hypocrisy. Um, and, and so even the, there's, power in, in that bec- there's power in witnessing to others in just simply being honest about the fact that we mess up and we're broken. Then uh, last Sunday, um, which was our Christmas uh, celebration, uh, Minister Dave uh, had led us in remembering resurrection, which was a beautiful remembrance of, of uh, the resurrection of Christ. And then this morning, I'm calling uh, the patriarchal blessing, which is a fun word, but it's going to be both men and women, so that's a little bit misleading. Um, but here's the concept for this morning. Um, when I, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. That's where my family's from, so I only make it back to St. Louis once or twice a year. And I, I have th- I'm fortunate to have three grandparents still living, um, but I only get to see them a couple times a year. So before I go home, I put a list together of questions that I want to ask them when I'm with them. And, then, and I don't tell them that I'm going to do this, but when I go home, I bring that list of questions that's just in my mind, what I want to ask them about being kids and what it was like when they were growing up or that, that sort of thing. And then whether we're in the car going somewhere or sitting around the table or whatever we're doing, I ask them those questions. And I've gleaned so much over the years and just by intentionally pausing and asking um, people who are older and wiser and smarter and more experienced than me, um, teach me some, some of the things. Tell me about what it was like to be a kid. Tell me what it was like uh, growing up uh, in your life. Tell me about what it was like when you came to know the Lord and so on and so forth. So I thought that would be really cool for us to do as a body. Um, as, as a body, as we wrap up our remembrance series. So um, over the past couple weeks, um, I've asked uh, some of our, our elder members uh, the question, what is one thing that you've learned in your journey with the Lord that you would desire to impart to your children, grandchildren, and church family? And so uh, what we're going to do this morning is I'm just uh, going to call up some of these uh, individuals that I've asked uh, to consider this question, and they're going to share with us, the body, what they've learned. So this is a great morning to pull out pens and take notes, to glean wisdom from those who have gone before us, who have been walking with the Lord for a long time. I don't know what they're going to say. I have no idea. So I'm going to be learning right alongside with each of you. Um, And this is an opportunity for our body to kind of take a step back and say, what what does it look like to walk with the Lord? And these individuals will be the first to tell you that they didn't do everything perfectly. That's not the point. That they don't know everything. That's also not the point. But it's also really wise for us to say to those who have been walking for a long time, what have you learned and what can we learn from you? So we see uh, this happen And I got this idea when I was thinking about this passage in Genesis 49. This is the end of Jacob's life. Uh, They're already in Egypt at this point, Jacob and his sons. And uh, at the end of his life, it says that Jacob called his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I might tell you what shall happen to you in the days to come. Assemble and listen, O sons of Jacob. 
listen to Israel, your father. And then, of course, he goes through the 12 different sons, and he gives each of them a blessing. And if you've read those, you know that in some cases, it's not so much of a blessing as, as uh, so, some of the words he gives are really difficult. Um, but the, the desire this morning is to be a blessing. And so as I, as I invite some of those uh, members up to share, I desire it to be a blessing uh, for you, for myself, for our body to glean from their wisdom. Does that make sense? You with me? We're together? All right, let's pause, be quiet. Let's listen to the Lord for a second. I just invite you in the quietness of your own heart to pray that the Lord would speak to you wherever you're at uh, through these individuals' own stories in a special way. So just invite the Holy Spirit uh, to speak to you. Jesus, you are the source of all true wisdom. Um, the, the scriptures say, Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote that, um, that all, uh, all of wisdom uh, is found in you, that your, your wisdom is greater than Solomon. <laughs> um, and so uh, as we seek to glean wisdom uh, from some of the, uh, the members, the elders here who have been walking with you for a long time, God, what we're seeking is true wisdom, which is we're seeking Christ. And so as they share just briefly um, from their own testimonies and stories, we pray that we would learn more about Jesus this morning. We pray this in his name. Amen. All right. Let's, um, I, I didn't have an order for this or anything, so I'm just going to call people up. Jay and Carol, can we start with, with the two of you? Can you guys welcome Jay and Carol this morning and thank them for sharing with us? Yeah. All right. So as you as you think about as you think about this uh, this question, and you look out at these people that you love so much as your own own family, if there's one thing that you've learned that you desire for us to know and to learn, can you share that with us? I actually have two. The first one is that the Creator of the universe loves you. He loves you so much that he became man in the person of Jesus Christ and died for you. And I think back in the garden when uh, God had this relationship with Adam. And he said, Adam, where are you after Adam sinned? And God continues to call each one of us, Carol, where are you? Um, And so he wants that personal relationship But as far as the body, we can't do this alone. We are part of a body, and we do it together. And and so the remembrances I have are so many. One, the very first thing I did when I came to Parker Ford, there were prayer meetings in a home at the corner of Sanatoga Road and Old Schuylkill. And so there I met with women on a Monday morning. Then later there was a Bible study there. For 20 years there was a Bible study where a woman watched children and took care of my children. Then there was a youth group that Harry and Leona uh, led for years. It took 
my children again. Sorry, today is a day that we celebrate, but at the same time, it is a body. We love God, but then love our neighbors, and we spill out and serve him in a mighty way. So that's, that's my message. Um, first thing I want to say is uh, I want to emphasize what DJ said about he makes this list of questions uh, to, to, uh, to ask his grandparents. If you have that opportunity, please do that. I, uh, my, my, my daughter uh, out in Iowa, uh, she gave me this book for Christmas, and it's, I'm supposed to write down all these remembrances, and it's amazing how much I don't know about my mother and father, that if they were here, I'd be able to ask him a question like that. Uh, talk about the circumstances uh, that your father, when your father was born, where was he born, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I knew he was born in Philadelphia, but I knew nothing else. Was he in a hospital or home or anything? I don't know that stuff. Get one of those books, start asking those questions now. I think that's a great thing to do, is to make a list of questions when you're going to visit somebody like that. So... Um, <clears throat> The other thing I want to point out to you before I get into what I was going to say is the scripture up here about the patriarchs. Uh, I did not know that uh, scripture was going to be up there uh, when DJ asked us to do this a, a couple of days ago. So um, you'll see some overlap there, which I think is really great. Uh, we were asked, what have you learned? I want to tell you, I'm still learning. It's not so much what have I learned. I'm, I'm, I'm very high on God's learning curve right now. Uh, actually, what I find is the more I learn, the more there is to learn. And there's this gap that just keeps opening, getting larger and larger and larger. Um, so uh, instead of my learning curve leveling off like learning curves are supposed to do, uh, my learning curve uh, just keeps getting steeper and steeper. And I say that with all sincerity. Uh, one of the things I'm really focusing on lately is just what is this kingdom of God? What, what's the meaning of kingdom of God what can I learn about it? I think it was Jesus' favorite topic because it says in Luke, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns uh, also because that is why I was sent. I was sent to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. So that's uh, very important to Jesus. When I, I became a Christian at age 32, um, and Carol and I became Christians actually within a couple of weeks each other. Um, significant change in, in our lives occurred. Um, and I began reading uh, the Word of God. And, and I'll tell you, if you would ask me at that time, you know, what was Jesus' purpose here uh, when he came to visit on earth? I would have said, well, it's to teach us how to behave like Christians and to save us, to die on the, on the cross for our sins. It's about behaviors and dying on the cross for our sins. Um, but I, I suspect uh, that would be the answer that many Christians would give. But m the more time I spend in God's Word, the more time I try to apply it to my life, the more I realize that Jesus is really going much deeper than just teaching us behaviors and saving us. He's really trying to shift our whole paradigm to this thing called the kingdom of God, where when we look at our lives, we look at our lives through different lenses, and those lenses are the kingdom of God. And uh, there's great differences uh, in that kingdom. It certainly includes behaviors. It includes salvation. But it's really a whole different, not only way of looking, but in reality, it's really a different kingdom. We live in a different kingdom. There's differences. There's contrast between the kingdom of God and the kingdom which we live in. 
Uh, Jesus says the first will be last. What do we say? It's all about being first. You know, Jesus says, love your enemy. What do we say? We say, destroy your enemy. Turn the other cheek. Hit him back. You know, and the list goes on and on and on. And behaviors and salvation are in there, but I want to tell you this whole idea about the kingdom of God and, and what it involves is critically important. One day there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and that new earth is going to be uh, geared to the kingdom of God, not the world's view of how things should work, but the kingdom of God's view. And uh, to be ready for that, I urge everybody, just pour into you the word of God. Study it, not just read it. Study God's word and apply it. And as you do, you'll, you'll find your whole paradigm of life around you and of your own life, it shifts and you suddenly realize, no, I'm really, really am in a different kingdom here, uh, living in the kingdom of this world, but I am in a different kingdom. Now, having said that, I want to just point out one particular thing that is uh, associated with the kingdom of God, which has really burns in my heart, and that's the role of fathers in the kingdom of God. God ordained family all the way back in the beginning. Right after he created men and women, he, uh, he created family. He ordained family as a mother and a father, and they're supposed to have kids, lots of children. That's what God uh, said to them. A uh, long time later, Jesus reaffirms that, and he says, yeah, that, this is what a family is all about. <clears throat> Within that family... Um, the, the model, the, the father, the, the role that the father has is critical in that, that family that God established. The role of the father is to model God to his children. Model God to his children so as they mature, they can easily have a developed faith in God. In families where fathers model God, the father God to their children, it's often that children accept Christ at a very young age and then grow to become God followers themselves. When that role isn't performed by fathers, um, then children start looking elsewhere for meaning to life. And sometimes that can be pretty disastrous. So uh, I'm, I'm speaking to fathers here and to grandfathers, by the way, because you're fathers also. And uh, what I'm saying is God, God doesn't leave us empty-handed. He gives us all sorts of guidance in being fathers. He gives us a word and truth. He gives us spirit and truth uh, up there, spirit and truth. Uh, that's God's word, and that's the Holy Spirit. All of us as Christians have that available to us. I urge you men to uh, pour yourself into the word of God, uh, study it, study it, and see um, what it is uh, you to to do as a father, and particularly in the role of patriarch. Okay, we talk about patriarchs up here. I didn't know we were going to mention patriarch, but you are becoming, you are the patriarch of your family. And I really believe that patriarchs, because you are to model God for your children and that you love your wife as Christ loved the church, because of that, patriarchs have a very special place in the kingdom of God. They have special standing before God. Their prayers are very important to God. Do not neglect men. Do not neglect praying for your children and your family and for your grandfathers, for your kids' spouses and your grandkids. Pray for them daily. Pray for them by name. Right? 
because God is going to answer those prayers as you do that daily. I urge you to get down on your knees and do it. I think posture is important. I, I urge you to get down on your knees. Uh, I do it at night by my bed. You know, get down and pray for your family at that time. That's the, um, that's the one thing that I really want to leave with you. As fathers, you are the patriarch. You're the Bible teacher. You're the high priest. You're the intercessor. You are the living example of God the Father to your family. So take your role seriously and make it your highest priority. Thank you, Jay and Carol. Two reflections just from that. Um, Carol, I really appreciated what you said about Jesus calling out to us today. And when we hide, because we all do that, that's the natural response to shame is we hide from the presence of God and he calls our name out of that. And Jay, I so appreciate that. My my grandfather has prayed for me every day of my life, and my parents have prayed for me every day of my life. And I, I know, I know that I'm walking with the Lord today because of because of prayers like that. Um, and we can model that ourselves for our own children. Um, Byron and Betty, can I invite two of you up? You guys welcome Byron and Betty this morning, and thank them for. morning. Uh, the first question up there, what we learn is do not despair, for he is always faithful. And in ways, uh, what we go through in life. Together, we have over 151 years of real life experiences, including four lengthy periods of my unemployment, plant closings, what have you. We stopped counting at a total of 75 hospitalizations for our parents mm. and Betty's brother. We spent more time in hospitals at times than we did at home. Mm. Challenges and transitions here at PFC. But still, we believe the Lord is our shepherd. What more do we want? We want to assure everyone through a paraphrased poem and a scripture of what we feel. The poem is Blessings in Disguise by Emily Matthews. The world is full of miracles, but we have to look the right way since God sometimes will disguise them. He shines his light in places where we least expect him to and often does the opposite of what we think he'd do. He has a way of bringing out the best within the worst. The moment we stop worrying and choose to put him first. And if we do, he'll pull us through and help us find the door that opens to the very thing that we should be looking for. And then the scripture that has meant a lot to me is, please remember God in Isaiah 61.3 wishes us to have a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Okay, and finally, you need to prepare your heart, mind, and soul to honestly answer questions such as these that were recently posed to us by our grandson. <laughs> Number one, how long have you had a personal relationship with Jesus? How do you explain what a personal relationship with Jesus is? What does your personal relationship with Jesus mean to you? 
How did your relationship begin? How has that relationship evolved? How do you maintain the relationship? How does your relationship with Jesus show in everyday life? Why do you think you entered into these relationships? Why is your personal relationship important? And finally, what would you say is the most important thing in the relationship? DJ said about questions that he made for his grandparents. This is what our grandson gave to us. And believe me, they're difficult to answer. But you can if you do what you're supposed. Would you pray for us before we give a blessing to the body? <clears throat> Father God, we just thank you for this day, and we thank you for all those who are here. We think that, as Jay said, everyone is, every man here is a patriarch of his family. It is a difficult and not easy job that we have. But there are so many rewards if we just follow what, what Christ says in the scriptures. And if we follow what the Holy Spirit says in our hearts, we can find that we can answer those personal questions. And a lot of times that starts someone on the right path. So we just thank you and praise you, not only for your son, our Lord and Savior, but for your word and for your Holy Spirit. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Byron. Brother Mel, can I invite you up? Everybody welcome Mr. Mel Christman. I, I really appreciate you doing this. It's what Mel and I talked about it a couple times, and he was not nervous, but not the most comfortable thing, but... I, I believe, man, the Lord had you on my heart for this. So I believe, okay. So, uh, what is the one thing you've learned in your journey? And uh, I want to tell everyone a story, but first, the thing that I've learned in my journey is that God never, ever leaves you nor forsakes you. And uh, it's going to be a little story, but it's kind of, it's not a testimony, but it's it's how I came back to church. I was, uh, I was, um, uh, Came to Sunday school here in 1959, 1960, so you know how old I am, pretty old. And uh, Ray Willauer, David's father, was my Sunday school teacher. And uh, Ray, uh, I was away from church then for about, I, I, I attended for probably two, or, two years or so, and then I was away from church probably for good 30 years, good 30 years. And uh, I'd run into Ray from, from time to time. And uh, he would always invite me back to church, always invite me back to church. And uh, I would uh, acknowledge, yeah, I need to come back. And I'd say, uh, but I'd always have some kind of lame excuse. And uh, I remember one of them was I said, well, I come by the church parking lot all the time. I said, it's full. I said, there's no seats. And he would say to me, well, Mel, he never gave me a way out. He said, well, Mel, he says, you know, if uh, there's no seat, you can come sit in my lap. <laughs> and uh, that's the kind of guy, guy Ray was. He was kind of—he was a good guy. But anyway, my journey continued, and uh, Sandy and I got married in 1986. And uh, I came to the church, and I asked—we asked Pastor Bob if he'd marry us, and he said he would. And uh, that was a great chance to come back, and still I didn't come back. And uh, then in 1990, my, our daughter was born. Uh, Sandy was 10 weeks early, and her water broke. And she was rushed down to the Philadelphia Hospital. 
and uh, I fought him down, and I, I, we, the doctors and nurses took us into a room, and they uh, asked us, you know, they, they told us all these kind of things, that she could have cerebral palsy, she could have uh, deformed lungs, all kinds of things we didn't want to hear. And uh, we prayed, and we prayed hard. I mean, we really prayed hard. And the uh, Lord was gracious. He was kind. And he, uh, Dawn, our daughter, was born, and she was a strong little baby. Everything was good. And there was another chance to come back to church. Never did. Journey kept on going, and uh, I was a truck driver most of my life. And uh, I was driving on my route one day, and I, I said to myself, you know, I, I did want God, and I did know I needed God. I needed a Savior, and I needed to be forgiven. And I really wanted God. So I came home that night and I said to Sandy, I said, you know, I hope, I probably said we're going to church on Sunday, but I hope I said let's go to church on Sunday. I don't know how I said it. But um, she was all for it because Sandy grew up in a church. And I guess she was probably waiting for me to probably come back, I guess, or, or, or start going again. And uh, we, we went to church. And we went to the old church. And I remember walking in and I remember sitting in the back seat, back in the right corner, and uh, we probably took somebody's seats, and uh, every, everything was good, everything was nice, everything was fine, and, and we left, and as we were leaving, we got in a procession line, and Pastor Bob Marzella was there, and uh, I looked at Pastor Bob, and I said, uh, you don't know us, do you? Well, it was like four years prior, he married us, and he kind of knew us, but he, you know, he hadn't seen us, and he said, he looked at us, I didn't make him flounder too long, and I said, uh, well, you married us, and Pastor Bobway was, huh. he said, yeah, I marry them, and they never come back, and that's, you know, what he said, I said, well, we were, we're back now, and we haven't gone anywhere, we're, we're here, we're here, we're here for good, as far as I know, anyway, and uh, so I, I just want you to, know, the thing that I want people to learn is that, you know, God never leaves you nor forsakes you, as long as you, if you're following, you're looking for him. If you're looking for him, he, he, he's there to be found. I mean, he says in, in Revelation, he says, I am here. I knock at the door. If you, someone comes and opens the door, I'll eat with them and them with me. So he never leaves you. And uh, another thing that's important on my heart is for people to know is uh, that uh, the plan of salvation is, is important for me, for people to know. I mean... Maybe there's someone sitting here that wants to know who God is and really doesn't understand it exactly. And It's pretty easy. Our life belongs to God. He's the author of all life. And our, li- our life belongs to him. And he, he's asked us to, uh, he sent a Savior to make it easy to die on a cross for my sins and for your sins, for everyone's sins. And what he asks in us, he asks us to just acknowledge that we're sinners and, and, and we ask forgiveness for our sins, and uh, become, ask him to come, become the Lord of our life, come into our heart, become the Lord of our life, surrender our lives to him, it belongs to him anyway, and follow him the rest of our life. And uh, he made that plan for us, so uh, I, I know that, I believe that, and, I, and, and I've accepted the Lord, and I, I want everyone to accept the Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Mel. I appreciate it. Harry and Leona, are you back there? See ya. Can I invite you up?
can we welcome Harry and Leona? been a long time since I stood up here. <laughs> so if you see my knees shaking and everything else, it's true, they are. <laughs> I think the one thing uh, that I would like to impart to you is I learned that we do not need to be Lone Rangers for Jesus Christ. Mm. We are a community of believers right here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, we are a community of believers. <clears throat> we can share our joys and our hurts. God wants us to be involved and active in that community within here. And I can see we are a community here also. I just encourage you to continue with that. We can use our special gifts and our talents right here. God wants us to. This is what he wants. God told Adam that it's not good for man to be alone. And I know that was with his woman, but I believe he wants us to be in fellowship with other mm -hmm. believers also mm -hmm. because he made it very clear in Scripture. <clears throat> Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If one falls, then the other can lift them up. And that's really what we need to be doing for one another. When our faith is shaky... We can stand on our brother's faith. Mm. We need help in the midst of our hurts. You don't know how often I've hurt. And there's one woman over here on the side here that's probably known every hurt I've ever had. And she's been my backup all my life. Mm. Uh, we need to pray for one another. We need to encourage one another and build each other up. God's plan for church community is good, and it thrives when we follow his guidance. I see all this in our community of believers here, and I pray that it continues with all of us, all of us desiring to be participants, not just Sunday people, but participants daily throughout the week, whether it be just with praying for one another. In doing so, I, I guarantee you'll be blessed as much as the person that you're blessing. Well, I'll start on Christmas Eve. DJ asked Loney and I if we would share something on Sunday. He said that uh, he was looking for some of the older people in the church, and I was kind of offended. <laughs> <laughs> Till, till I went home and looked in the mirror, and there was an old man looking back at me. <laughs> and then on the pictures up on the screen here, I saw an old man putting those boxes in the back of the van that we collected at Christmas time. So I guess I am one of the older, older people in the church. It's hard to believe. Time flies by. But he asked if we would share for about two minutes the topic, what have you learned about God that you would most desire to impart to your church family? And I thought, ah, oh, it's Christmas time. 
time of peace, quiet, reflection. But wait, it's just the opposite. We're making lists, making sure if you have children that you have the same number of packages for each child because if one gets one more than the other, it didn't matter what they cost, they, they want them to be equal. So, we're busy sending cards, wrapping presents, busy at work, busy, busy, busy everywhere. And it popped into my head, we need to slow down. And I remembered Psalm 46 where it says, be still and know that I am God. And verse 1 in uh, Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And I have to admit, as a young person, I had fear in my life, and I don't know what that fear was. There was just fear there. I had no peace. I grew up with good parents in a good home. My parents were active in church. We went to church every Sunday. I married a great wife, had three children about this time in my life. Uh, we hadn't bought Tammy yet. <laughs> that, that came a little later. But uh, I was 36 years old. Things were going good. But for some reason, I had scales over my ears, just as Paul had scales over his eyes. Paul could not see. I could not hear the gospel truth. And two years before I came to, we came to this church. We were going to another church, the church that we were married in, the church that Loney grew up in. There was a special meeting, special service, it was called a lay witness mission, and a lot of outsiders came into the church, and it was at that time that I invited Jesus into my life. There was an altar call, and I wouldn't go forward because we were active in the church, and that's too much pride. So I went home, and I was cutting the grass, and I was sitting on the tractor, and I invited Jesus into my life. No lights, no bells, no whistles going off. I had friends that came to Christ, and their lives did a dramatic turnaround, but not for me. About six weeks went by, and it hit me. I had peace, peace that passes all understanding, and it just came on me so gradually. So, to answer the question DJ put before me, what I have learned about God that I would most desire to impart with my church family is God gives us peace. Peace that passes all understanding, and that peace has not left me for the past 42 years. So, if you put a couple dates here I put their ages together you can tell how old, how old I am. 
You're asking us to do math on a Sunday morning. <laughs> thank you, Harry and Leona. Can we say thank you to all those who have shared this morning? <laughs> Obviously, there are many more um, that, that we could invite forward with stories and, and years of, of ups and downs and, and things to learn from. And what um, Leona was sharing is so important. How can we possibly glean that and learn from one another if we're not in community with one another, if we're not in friendship and relationship, if we're not in worship and fellowship with one another? And so just as we close out this year, um, there were a couple initiatives that we had this year that were really trying to push the body towards intentional fellowship, whether it was our community groups or different events we did. And in going into the next year, there's going to be more of those opportunities. So I would just highly encourage you. And I'm not asking you to get busy. Far from it. In fact, I, I wish you were less busy. Um, but what I'm asking is, is that you intentionally make a community a priority in your life. Make community with the people of God and with your neighbors who don't know the Lord, with your, with your family. Make community, deep, rich relationships a priority, and it will pay dividends in your life like you cannot believe. I mean, when you open yourself up to community, when you open yourself up to gleaning and learning wisdom from others, it will pay off in your life so richly and so deeply. All those who shared this morning, I'm going to put them on the spot and just say, because I know it's true, they're all available. So if you want someone to connect with, whether it's a peer, um, you might be in their same season of life, or you're younger and you're looking to glean wisdom, all of them would love that. Just go and ask. I have yet to meet the older gentleman in church, I've yet to meet the person who's turned me down when I've gone to them and asked to spend time with me or asked, asked to learn from them. I'm talking about multiple states, multiple nations, uh, multiple churches. When you go and you say, I'd like to learn from you, can I take you out to lunch? I'd like to learn, I'd like to hear your story, can I take you out to breakfast? You will not be turned down. <laughs> so I would just highly recommend that. That's just such a healthy practice. Um, as each of them were sharing, um, I felt like the Spirit of God was speaking this, and, I, and we, I read from this in the Sunday school class as well that, that Paul Desch was teaching this morning, but it's from Colossians 3, and I think it was the peace which Harry was talking about that, that reminded me of this passage in Colossians 3. It's sort of Paul's, um, what would, what, Paul answering the same question, if I'm going to boil down all that, that I've learned about Jesus, and Paul learned a lot about Jesus, amen? <laughs> Man knew a lot about Jesus. If I'm going to boil it all down and put it in this, this, this way, what's most important, this is what he says. He says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all of these things, and this echoes 1 Corinthians 13, above all of these things put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful.
So would you join me in prayer? And just the, the things that were shared um, this morning, let's invite the Lord to apply them to our lives. Praise team, you can come back up and, and join me. Let's pray and just invite the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts. God, we thank you for uh, these saints who have been walking with you for a long time and have very different stories. I think about um, Harry, as he shared, coming to Christ quietly on a tractor after having spent his whole life in church. And yet there's a special moment where he begins to know you as Lord and Savior in a new way, in his own way. And there's this peace that enters into his life for the first time. I think of Jay and Carol, who were adults um, with lives, and, and, um, and uh, I had recently heard their testimonies as we were driving to district conference, and, and uh, they were coming out of all kinds of craziness when you just captivated both of them in the same season and brought them to you. I think of Mel and his journey that he shared, which was, which was there were these glimmers of your word and your, your work in his life as a child, and, and yet uh, there was this long stretch where, where they weren't in church and they weren't pursuing community, and, all, and, and yet you are the fisher of men, God. <laughs> and at just the right time, you had your hook in your son and, and daughter and, and brought them back into fellowship. Um, Byron and Betty, whose uh, stories has been one of suffering in many ways, like they shared times where they were in the hospital more than they were at home, and yet you've been faithful to them. All of us can relate to different aspects of these stories, and all of us can learn from them. So I pray that we would, because it's your story in your people. Uh, just like it's your story in us. And so let the peace of Christ, the peace that comes from Christ that our brother Harry was sharing, let it rule in our hearts, God, that we might have peace with you and with one another. We pray this in your name. Amen.